Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lewis. Hi, I'm Lewis, compulsive overeater. Hi. I'm realizing that I must not meet too many people on the west side because I'm an east sider and uh, a lot of new faces to me. But uh, anyway, uh, to qualify, I have 11 years of abstinence. Uh, if you know, God willing and uh, and me willing. I'll I'll make it to 12 on the 26th, so uh, I guess hope with me. Um, I'm down about 75 pounds, and uh, so it's been really important to me, this program, for many reasons, but obviously for, for the physical one has been one of them. Unlike a lot of people I've heard talk at at, at meetings, I can't say that I came from a especially dysfunctional family. I had a pretty happy life when I was growing up. I uh, uh, just uh, made a, had a relationship with food along with everyone else. Uh, my uh, mother was very much into uh, things that Dr. Spock would say back in the day, and uh, he was... Uh, he had all kinds of ideas of what we should do and things we maybe learned differently since then. And I, for one thing, uh, I drank a lot of whole milk when I was first growing up, which got changed later on. And uh, I was also taught fairly early that, uh, well, you should eat everything on your plate because whether it was Africa or it was India or somewhere, someone was starving and it was wrong for you not to eat. And I, I took to that really well. Um, so you know I was a fat kid when I was growing up I I got picked on you know the thing where they poke you in the stomach and call you the Pillsbury Doughboy and all this kind of thing I I, uh, ran into all of that Um, the good thing for me was I was a good fighter so a lot of times I was able to manage that but uh, you know still it, it hurts as any of you have gone through it know um, so I continued with all kinds of bad behavior during those days as far as food goes. I would, I used to go to Sunday school and during breaks we'd go to the store down uh, about a, a couple of blocks from it and steal cookies and candy and things like that. And then uh, rather than go back to Sunday school, uh, enjoy them. And then anything we didn't finish, you know, start checking them up on the roof. I, I did a lot of terrible things when I was a kid, but, you know, it was always... Food was real important in all this behavior. I, uh, you know, food was my best friend, and uh, I loved food deeply. Um, I got started on diets very, very young. I did many of the ones that you, you know, people are probably aware of. I did Metrical, I did Sago, I did the grapefruit diet, just about everything, and I did it before I was a teenager. I mean, it was uh, I, I did it, I, so I've done it, did it for many, many years. Uh, 
I went up and down. I'm, I was a very good dieter. I lost a lot of weight. I lost 100 pounds, gained 110. You know, I, I the yo-yo thing was, was my life. I always... The trouble was that it was always a reason to to eat more food. It was, if you were sad, you should eat food to feel better. If you were uh, happy, like, oh, I did so good, I lost all this weight, I should celebrate. So then you should eat again. So that was always part of, of my life, uh, was that there was some reason, there was some some good, good reason why one should eat. And, of course, you know, eating helps you to keep down feelings and things like that, so you always felt I don't want to say, it's not really good, it's numb, right? It's not really that you feel good, it's that you just don't really react to things. You don't really, uh, you don't have to live life, you don't have to really deal with it. Um, I was a, uh, I was a professional musician very young. Uh, I, I played in a group, and uh, we were recording artists, and uh because of my weight, I went through a lot of stuff. I, I don't know, uh, I'm not sure what the rules are in this meeting about what you can talk about, but there's a, there's a certain program that, you, that was on for many years uh, about uh, singing, uh, singing and whatever in the, the, the new stores. And there was a, uh, one of the judges who used to berate the uh, people for, for their weight and things like that on the show. And uh, people, I, I used to hear people complain about. It. I said, "God, that was nothing. You don't know how bad it is if you if you're if you're a young artist and you uh, you have to deal with producers and managers and different things like that." I was berated all the time. I used to have to run around the block uh, in the neighborhood we were in, like like ten miles. I mean, I would just be around and around and around, and that was like the way that I could keep the weight down was doing that and. But I felt terrible. I felt like I was, uh, I was this horrible person because I couldn't control my weight. Uh, and the thing bad about it is, you know, we're, we're young kids. I was, uh, uh, I was still a teenager during that time, up at, you know, through the time. And, and then basically you get the other guys in the group to do the same thing. They get trained by these uh, professionals that they should berate me too. So it was a very, very sad and uncomfortable situation for me. Uh, there's, a, there's a meeting, and I don't know if it's still surviving. I've been a go gone for a little while uh, in the, uh, near uh, UCLA that I really wanted to help because, because it's, it's, it's focused around young people. And I wish I knew about this program when I was young that, uh, because I went through a lot of pain. I really, I tried, I've actually spoken at that meeting and offered to speak there more because I think I know a lot about the pain that young people go through with weight. And I, I had really wanted to share in that. So I, I hope that's still going. I, I've been away a little bit, so I'm not, I don't know what the situation is. When I went on to college, uh, I, I lived in what are called the co-ops. I don't know if people are familiar. They're like the dorms, except that you have to work. Uh, because you know, just cut down the cost. And of course, the the job that I had was that I uh, I filled the candy machine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, the machine uh, it made a lot of money, but it didn't make it from too many other people besides <laughs> me. <laughs> um, I did, you know, I. I Beyond that, I did I did pretty much all the behavior one could one thinks about uh, 
an overeater. I mean, I, I, I ate out of garbage. I did, I did just about anything. You know, if I threw something away to try to protect myself, it didn't work. I mean, I was, I was, uh, I was all the way an overeater. wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't anything uh, wasn't anything I wouldn't do. And uh, and I and I know a lot of people. They they don't eat sugar or they don't eat flour. Uh, one of our sayings is, uh, uh, you know, I had the disease of MORE. It didn't really matter. I'm not going to say this thing, oh, I overate broccoli. Oh, you know, I, if I overate broccoli, I'd be in good shape. I mean, uh, but yes, I, I mean, I could find just about anything to, to overeat. And, I, and that's kind of a problem. I don't have a trigger food. It's like food is a trigger. So how do you, so how do you handle that? So... I just kind of went on with life this way where lose weight, gain it back more, lose weight, gain it back more. Um, I finally gave up the music industry when I decided to get married, uh, and I did, decided it wasn't a life I wanted to put a family through, that what I had, uh, what I had known. And um, in fact... Uh, well, I'll talk about something a little later. But uh, so I went on and I left the music industry and I've, I've worked in the software. I've worked in the software industry for many years. Um, anyway, uh, what happened? Oh, I guess let's see. I've been in since I've been programmed. Well, OK, so let's approximately 13 years ago, my doctor told me that I'd had borderline high blood pressure for many, many years, and I couldn't keep doing that. That uh, it, even though I hadn't gone over, if, you're, if you're, you're still stressing, you're still stressing your body very badly when you're staying, we're staying at a borderline level for many, many years. And so he told me that if I didn't get, uh, if I didn't get my blood pressure down, he was going to put me on blood pressure medicine to, uh, to stop it. Now, my wife told me she'd kill me if I got on blood pressure medicine. So, I, you know, I didn't have too many choices in this thing. I had to figure something out. Um, the... Uh, my doctor told me about a 12-step program that another doctor was, was going to um, for, for uh, eating disorder. And I went to that one for a while. Of course, it wasn't this one. And no, it's not the, the whatever, if you want to call it the daughter program of this one either. It's a, it's a separate one, a very strict one, sort of like if those of you know the gray sheet, sort of like the gray sheet. And I, I went to it for a little while, and I found that, yeah, I can do this because I can do diets. I'm real good at them. Not good after I finish, but I'm really good at diets. Uh, so I looked at it, and that's what it looked like to me. I said, yeah, I could do this for about two years, and then I'd be off on, you know, I'd be out running. I'd be, I'd be doing my thing as soon as I got out of there. So I, so I went online, and I said, well, i got to find, I'm hoping there's some other 12-step program for food than... Uh, this one. And another problem I had with it is that uh, I was working with a trainer, and he wanted me to eat six meals a day, very small ones instead. And this program was not flexible to anything. You know, you either you did it their way or it just wasn't going to work. And so I came up across Overeaters Anonymous, and uh, thank God I came across Overeaters Anonymous. 
when I when I first started in Overeaters Anonymous, I had a woman sponsor. And I know a lot of people say things like, "Oh, you shouldn't have someone of a different gender. You should, you know, men should have men, women should have women." Well, that 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 hasn't really been my experience. Uh, and you know, everybody, it, it just depends on what works for you. I, I actually did very well with my sponsor, but she did go off to that daughter program, um, and so I had a lot of problem problems after that. Um, I went through a lot of sponsors. Uh, and the problem I had, uh, the thing, my biggest problem was I, I did pretty well with getting a food plan and an abstinence and all that, and that was something that I took to really quickly. Um, but the thing that I didn't take to were the steps. And uh, you know, it's like I did the four-step probably a hundred different ways. I've done it the OA way, the AA way, uh, variations that different sponsors did. And I think I usually stopped and stopped the sponsor about the time that I was going to have to do the fifth step because that was just what I wasn't going to do. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I got all these problems, and yeah, they're probably why I eat, and but, you know, God knows this and I know it, so nobody else needs to know this stuff. I mean, I don't even like it. I don't even want to deal with it. So I had a, I had a terrible time getting myself to finish the fourth step and then go on to the fifth step. Finally, after I'd been abstinent for eight years. So those of you who've had problems with this, I, I'm not the only one. I've talked to some, some other people. It was nice to hear that, that I'm not the only one who had this horrible problem with getting through the steps. But I, I had a... Uh, I found somebody that had what I wanted, as we talk about. There was a, uh, a person that had a fantastic program, and he had such a great program that he got his son to join, and then his son had a great program. So this was, like, perfect for me, because I, I think being a father was, is, like, probably the most important thing to me, and, and being a good, you know, what, the way that I've, the things that I, I have pain about as far as the, what my relationship with my son or how I could have been better, how I could have been more there for him if I'd been able, if I hadn't been, an, you know, an overeater, if I hadn't been someone who was obsessed with food. So this guy seemed like the right one for me. And I don't know what happened. It all clicked at that time. And, and I went ahead. I did my fourth step. I gave him my fifth step and went all the way through. So... You know, sometimes, you know, you, it, I think the important thing for me is is that I kept coming back and I kept doing the program as well as I could. You know, whatever I was able to do, I kept doing. And that was, uh, you know, my time came and, and, and it finally happened for me. Uh, a lot of a lot of what I wanted to do better as far as my son, and I, and I guess, you know, one could say that, it doesn't matter, uh, is that I was, because I was always overweight, I wasn't, I wasn't the kind of father that was great at, like, doing baseball with him and football and all the things a kid wants to go up and, and do or whatever, and he was very athletic. The thing is, he's the opposite of me. He's very, he's tall, very tall and very thin, and, you know, he's a normie and a very good athlete. So, you know, I guess he made it anyway. I mean, I guess. It, but, but I still felt like I had robbed him and, uh, you know, wanted to do better. And, you know, if I get lucky enough to have a grandson, maybe, you know, I can do better when that, that happens. Um, so one thing that meant a lot to me 
was uh, that I uh, was speaking at the uh, promises meeting, and I had to deal. Uh, the The promise that I had to deal with was: no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will all see how our experience can benefit others. That was something that really, really meant a lot to me because the honesty, the honesty in this meeting. And, and, and the pain that others have gone through have helped me tremendously. I mean, the, uh, it's amazed me what people have been able to open up and talk about. Uh, this, I mean, my wife doesn't understand these issues. I mean, the only people who understand it are, are, are my fellows. And it's the only place where I can be honest about a lot of these things. I mean, people don't understand. So... That was that was very that was very that was very very important to me. Uh, this program helped me through some tremendously important things. I I got cancer while I was in this program. I had colon cancer, and the, I, I I shared about it at the meeting. And fellows were were calling me at the hospital, writing me. I don't know how I would have done without that. I mean, it was it, the kind of support that people give here, and, and is 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 really critical to to helping me, you know, through my life, and I, and hopefully is helping others that way. Uh, one thing that was really important to me last year, which unfortunately I couldn't do this year, was that I was in the um, the performance at the uh, the birthday party, which is going on uh, right now. Um, unfortunately, I was I was out of town yesterday. But uh, the thing is, it had been what 37 years since I performed in public. I mean, I totally. It was like I guess all the pain. I just cut the thing out and I stopped doing something that was really important to me for all those years. And and OA actually gave me an opportunity to do it again, to uh, after all those years to, to finally get up. I mean, that's kind of what I want to do if I ever had enough money where I didn't need to make, you know, make money performing. I mean, that I could do it and still, that's what I want to do is to get back, you know, playing at clubs. and. But, but you know, it, it, it's... I don't think I would have felt open to start doing that again if it hadn't been for OA. It was like it's a it's it was a place I felt safe to try it again. And and it's I think it's so so critical that we have we have a safe place. We have a place that that we can share share our feelings, share our pain, share our joy. Uh, a place, a safe place, a really safe place. How are we doing? Oh, I'm not doing so good on the 620, but I think I'd like to hear some questions, if that's okay. Um, so go ahead. I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. How in the program have you been able to heal that? I guess in a lot of the ways I'd say I'm still healing. Oh, oh, sorry. 
Uh, I said earlier about feeling horrible about the way that I overate and how am I dealing with that now? I'm still, I'm still healing my, you know, still healing through the program over that. But uh, I have to say that I've, I've kind of, I, I still have a lot of problems. Uh, one of the problems that I have is that uh, I used to travel 100% for work, and uh, I'm not good at handling restaurants at all. I, because as I said, I have, I have a problem with portions, and I have a big problem with. Uh, going out to restaurants, and, and I, I've done all kinds of things. I used to ask for suggestions at my home meeting on what I should do. I'd cut, cut the plate, you know, assume that it was twice what I should eat and, you know, sort of cut it in half and throw away the rest, or I'd pour salt on stuff when I, you know, as much as I could if I hadn't finished it. But all in all, it was not something I was very successful with. It was. It seemed like I was always finding new ways to circumvent whatever I did to uh, to deal with that. I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people have problems when they're home and they're by themselves and whatever, but that that wasn't as much of a problem for me as it was going to a restaurant because I could kind of figure out what I was going to eat. I also had another help, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But uh, what I ended up doing, I kind of feel like... Uh, a failure that I did this, but I, I worked very hard to get out of traveling anymore. Just that I just never found a way that I managed it. I I, I do better on traveling for leisure, the same way that I the same reason I do better at home than I do when I do it for work. And the reason is, well, sometimes I say that my wife is one of my higher powers. Uh, I, I've gotten to the point that I let my wife make my portion because she has a better sense of it than I do. And I get mad and I say, gee, I should have more, but I just accept it. I, let, I deal with my anger and get over it because she is better at it than I am. And that's kind of how I've been handling it. I, and that's so when I go out on a vacation, I usually don't vacation by myself. And so she also handles my portions when, we're, uh, when we go away. Any any other questions? Go ahead, Deanna. Sponsoring, I'm sorry if I missed this part in your chair, but uh, do you sponsor any so What have you gotten out of uh, out of sponsoring? Uh, yes, I do sponsor. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I'm slow in learning formats. Okay. <laughs> um, Yes, I, I, you asked me if I, if I sponsor and what do I get out of it if I do when I sponsor. Uh, yes, I do sponsor and I get, I, I, I guess I get out of it the, the strength, I think a lot of it is I get the strength from the people that I work with. I'm always amazed at, at what they're able to do, and, and I learn things, and I try to apply them, because I think maybe we're all going through this process and trying to learn, and so I find that I, that I learn from the people that I sponsor, and I'm always trying to find ways to adapt. One of the things that I liked about OA was the idea that we are all different. Like some people have problems with sugar. Some people have problems with salt. Some people have problems with not eating enough. Some people have problems with purging. Whatever it might be, we all have, you know, we're different people. And so 
learning to adapt to the way that we work was something that's that that I've I've found and I've been people that I've sponsored have have been different and I've I've had both women and men spon uh, sponsees yes Okay, you asked me about uh, traveling for work and, and what what tools do I use uh, when I when I am traveling for work. Well, one of the main tools I use is the phone. I'm I'm always calling and trying to call in what I'm going to eat and how to deal with it, especially for dinner. That's that tends to be my my problem. One of the things that I learned in the program that I really was important was I used to think I was this I was perfect because and I couldn't understand why I was gaining weight I would I would I was a workaholic I wouldn't eat breakfast I wouldn't eat lunch just dinner it's just that dinner didn't stop you know dinner stopped when I went to when I passed out that was that was kind of the way it worked and one of the things I learned in program was really I needed to make myself have a breakfast have a lunch and have a dinner and I couldn't believe how much of a big difference that made. You know that that actually doing that could actually lose weight. You know, like having these meals I didn't have before. The idea, and that's something I've worked with my sponsees, is the idea that that meals are finite. That that's uh, that that's a big a big part of the issue. You know, beginning and end. So um, that's that's a major tool. I also do. I also do reading. I try to find meetings that are in the area. If I can't find it, I try to use a phone meeting or a uh, listen to one of the record, you know, one of the podcasts. If, if I, you know, if that's my choices that are available, but but I try to use every tool I can. As I said earlier, I was failing pretty good at uh, at traveling for work. That's that's not one of my strongest points, but I'm always trying to find new ways to to deal with it. Yes. Okay. I was asked uh, how does prayer what does prayer meditation look like for me? Well, it's something that I'm developing and and growing with. Uh, um, I usually, uh, well, every morning I do uh, do five minutes, five at the minimum of meditation, and I do uh, usually I do either the, I mean, I do a prayer at the beginning, but I, I usually do the Serenity Prayer or the Third Step Prayer um, as far as what I do in the morning, and then I have a program. I, I, I try to I do a tenth step every day. And that and that's been a, a big help to me. That what I, as long as you know, basically that I have to keep on owning up and dealing with 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 my stuff every day is a, is is a big part of my program and really important to me. Is I always have is honesty and 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 and, and dealing with it. You are. Yes. Hi. Um, your activist as a as an artist, have you found that? Your 11 years, because you mentioned how you want to you want to get back in club and stop performing again. Um, like towards the end of your absence until now, has it inspired you to write and uh, like write songs or um, or write things in your absence? But has it inspired you to be more creative than you've been in the past? 
Okay, uh, I was asked, uh, as, as an artist and someone who's had 11 years of abstinence, has it uh, inspired me to write and, uh, I guess, in other ways, be art artistic? Okay. Um, well, I guess it did as far as uh, it, it, the writing. I really, I haven't written since, uh, since my youth. Uh, I, I do, uh, I have considered um, trying to, to release some of the material that was, uh, was shelved back then. Um, but it's, uh, I haven't really been inspired to write, but I did, as I mentioned, get inspired to, uh, to sing again at the uh, uh, birthday party last year. Uh, maybe the writing software has kind of helped me with, because I think writing software is kind of like writing music, at least it was for me. Uh, and so I think that may have helped me with my... Uh, which my compulsion towards writing, but you know, I I do think about it now again, and I I probably will start writing again. Cool. Yes. Yes, I do have a large community in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, do I? Do you ask if I had a large community in OA, and I don't know if I heard the rest of it. Friends, like a community. Like a community in OA, and how many meetings? If I go to three meet or whatever, I, I, I go to three or four meetings uh, a week, or what, although sometimes it'll be, you know, a, a, a phone meeting or something like that. I, uh, I have one. Uh, I have a home meeting. Uh, which is a very, which is one of the largest meetings of OA, uh, Serenity Sunday, and I have a lot of friends in that meeting, and so yeah, I would consider that's the community I shared my cancer uh, with, and uh, I feel very close to. Them. In fact, it's funny because I've been I've been gone for most well a big part of December and and up to now, and missing my meeting, and even though I've gone to other meetings. There's something where I don't feel clean or something that I've been missing my home meeting. That's like my people, my family, and it's it's I, I'm thankful I'm going tomorrow. But it's it, that's been very tough for me because it is it, it really is those are the people that are really important to me, and it's like people I love to see every week. And so yeah, I would say that I I feel I I don't have a lot of friends, but I do have a lot of friends in program. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you asked if I had an exercise program that I followed. Well, yes, I do, in that I have a trainer, and I, I work out with him uh, about three, three times a week when I'm, when I'm in town. And so I, whatever he says, I do. But otherwise, I do cardio all the time, I, whether it's uh, elliptical or... Mm -hmm. or uh, uh, treadmill or, or bike. I'm always doing that whether I see him or not. I'm, I'm fairly regular. I usually get in, very seldomly will I do less than five days in a week. Yes. So after you finally got through that fifth step, mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to hear your experience of, you know, how, you know, I'm sure you've got a nice 
lovely list of defects of character that you guys can play with. Um, I just wanted to hear about your experience working six and seven and what you did. Uh, this is terrible. I don't really have, at this moment, I don't really have any thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. You asked me what uh, about my experience with working six and seven. And it's, God, that's terrible that I don't, it's, it's almost like I was in a daze going through six and seven because I had done five. And nine was, I think I came back to reality when I did nine. So I don't. It's interesting. It's like I really need need a day or two to think about because <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I think it was such a big deal for me to do uh, to do four and five to finally do it and to actually tell my crap to somebody else, which I'd been avoiding for so many years. That I just. I think I, I just I just did didn't think. Um, Nine, I'm still dealing with, you know, and it's like because there's people that are hard to reach and I keep trying and uh, people that are gone in my way of trying to figure out how I want to continue handling that. But doing the continue, doing my 10th step all the time has really helped me with that as far as to at least feel like I'm, I'm continuously trying to deal with my defects. So, yes? Uh, question. So, you, you know, you've been in program a significant amount of time, and I assume you've sponsored a fair share of people over that time. Is there, have you noticed, is there anything distinguishable between the people who have stayed in program and stayed abstinent versus those who haven't? Okay, you were asking me if during my time as a sponsor, have I noticed differences between people that have had a long abstinence and those that uh, that haven't. Well, for one thing, I actually haven't been a sponsor that long. Uh, I uh, well, I guess, you know, for for some people, I guess that would be long. As far as I didn't really sponsor. I did food sponsoring, but I didn't really want to sponsor people until I actually made it through the the twelve steps. And so we're talking about. Three, three years, I guess, now that I've been sponsoring. And most of the people that I've sponsored have all been short-timers. I mean, their, their length has been only how long, you know, that they've been with me. Um, the, the differences that I've seen, the ones who, who stayed longer have... I guess they've reached that level of desperation where where they really are willing. You know, it's like like how it took me eight years to get through the four step. I guess you have to you have to reach that level where you just can't do this anymore. And that and that's the main difference I've seen between those you know that that were short timers and those that that stayed there was 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 really I think the level of desperation. That would be. Um, so I was asked uh, my concept of a higher power and how it's developed over time. Well, concept of higher power has always been a really difficult one for me. Um, 
I, um, it's uh, basically one uh, a saying we have in the program uh, that all that really helped me a lot was the idea that the thing you need to know about God or a higher power is it's not you, and and that that's really meant done a lot for me. What I have I've pretty much used from day one. Uh, the, the fellowship is my higher power. Although, like I say, I sort of add my wife into that uh, picture as far as the person who guards the portions and whatever. But I find that there's something spiritual about the whole fellowship, and I feel I feel a power within it. I guess I'm a person who believes in it takes a village kind of idea, and that. So I don't know that I, I've yet, you know, developed. I mean, I guess I'm agnostic. Uh, I, I I just haven't never been able to answer the question about, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, that type of thing. But I do believe in a power beyond me, and that I know that I haven't been able to handle it on my own. There's there's no question. I mean, yeah, I could diet, and yeah, I can gain it back, and I'm real good at that. I was never good at maintaining, you know, actually being able to stay without without uh, gaining it back. And for me, I've depended on the fellowship. Uh, at the question I had earlier about friends, I mean, yeah, I, I, in a lot of ways, I think Serenity Sunday has been where a lot of my dependence has been as far as I, I feel whole when I'm there. I feel like, you know, there's something that happens. I, I feel very connected. Cool. You mentioned you were in a program with Gray Sheets, which was a lot stricter It was like the Gray Sheets. Before you came to OA, um, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about like, the transition that you um, went through when you changed programs and kind of getting rid of the old tapes from one program and another? Sure. Okay. The question was about that I had mentioned that I was in another program, and actually, yeah, another program that was a lot stricter, and then uh, my transition. How, how that all went between there and coming to OA? Is that... Okay. Um, I actually didn't stay with that program very long, so I hadn't really been stuck in a mindset. But what happened was when I went to that program, I, I just... Uh, it immediately sounded like one of my diets. I mean, and, and I was such a good dieter. I, you know, it's... Uh, it sounded like, okay, yeah, I can do this thing, but not for the rest of my life. And I need a program I can do for the rest of my life. I need to be able to, because I'm, I'm, I'm a full-out, you know, a compulsive overeater. I'm, I'm an addict, and uh, I'm going to always be hoping to be in recovery because that's just who I am. I, uh, and any program to me that sounds like something that I can do but that I'm going to feel like I need to have a graduation from is not the right program for me. And that was, I figured that out pretty quickly when I looked at what was there and that they wouldn't flex with me with my trainer about how many meals I, you know, about why can't I just have six very small meals a day and that that wasn't okay. That was that was a problem for me because I said, okay, so they don't really care about whether whether I have this exercise, other things going on, this program to make me healthier. They just want me to follow this thing, and and that solved it for me. I I just said this isn't it, and I just went out and I had to look on the. I said there's got to be other 12-step food programs. I just I don't know. I assumed it. I don't know why, but I did. 
It's funny. I went back and I, I saw my doctor. Uh, it was, I guess it was about a year ago. I went to my uh, every five-year annual appointment or whatever. Um, you know, because what do I want to go to a doctor for? I go to the doctor, you tell me I'm fat. I said, yeah, I know that. What do you need to do? You know. So I went and saw my doctor, and he he said, the last time you were here, you were you were 30 pounds heavier than this. And he says, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, that was that's the first time I ever heard anything positive from him. And I told, well, you know, I didn't go to that program. I stopped going to that program you told me about many years ago. I That just didn't work for me. I go to Overeaters Anonymous. And he said, that's okay. I recommend to my patients both of them now. He, I, you know, he says, whatever one works for you is the right one. Are we, I don't know, time or question. One more question, anybody? Yes. Is your family supportive and understand why you go to OA? Is my family supportive? Uh, I was asked if my family was supportive about my going to OA. Uh, yes, they are. I think uh, there, there, you know, there are conflicts where it's like I feel sometimes like I have to choose between my family and going to a meeting, and then I try to find another meeting to make up for it if that kind of thing happens. But in general, yes. And the best way to keep keep in a good relationship is that I don't pull them into it. So in other words, uh, I'd love to take them to the birthday party, but that wouldn't work out very well. Um, I, I, I've seen other people come in that weren't, you know, that weren't part of uh, our fellowship. And, you know, some people, it just isn't the right thing because they hear God, they start screaming. They hear, you know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the way it is. So as long as I keep it separate, then, yeah, there's a lot of support in my family for it. Okay.